Welcome back to another episode of The Last Take. Here we'll get our quick recap of the Michigan-Nebraska game preview for the Wisconsin game coming up. New segment, overachiever and underachiever. We'll also pick our Heisman frontrunners and talk about our playoff contenders. And then we'll get into the pickums. So this is The Last Take presented to you by Charlie, Mark, Dylan, and Anthony. Let's get straight into it. So this past weekend, Michigan and Nebraska played. Obviously, Michigan won of a score of 34-3. to Offense did not look that good whatsoever. Say, Mark, what do you think about the Michigan game? So weather definitely played a role in this game. I think, you know, playing at the big house in Michigan, you know, quite the environment. The quarterback game plan wasn't very fluid. What do you think, Dylan? Well, from what I've heard, their environment wasn't that great. I mean, it's still 100,000, but from what I've heard, they just weren't in it. Obviously, you know, you're a top three team that just looking at the game uh, against Ohio State in a couple weeks, I understand why they're not really that interested playing Nebraska, who was three and six coming in. So I understand, and Michigan was 30-point favorites going in which I'm actually really disappointed that they got Michigan covered. That sucks. But, yeah, uh, and just overall, defense didn't look that bad. I'm honestly I'm really surprised that we only held them to 17 in the first half. And we, I really feel like if we had an offense, it might have been a little closer. We probably would have scored a if touchdown. If we had Casey in. Honestly, I believe if we had Casey, just the last three games, without Casey Thompson, we can't. we just don't have an offense which has been proven with Chuba Purdy just not playing good. He was playing good until he got injured, and also Mark Whipple getting destroyed by <laughs> I think we all Michigan we, we all took a beating because Purdy got hurt, Mark when Whipple pl- got hurt, Alante <laughs> Brown, rest in peace. <laughs> to his uh, lower region. But um, uh, it, it just, he's continued playing too. But I'm just, I I wasn't surprised, but it's just honestly disappointing now because we had so much expectations coming into the year, and we'll get into that later with overachiever, underachiever, but we had a lot of expectations. We were expected to make a bowl game this year. Obviously, firing your head coach doesn't give you – it's going to be hard to make a bowl game, and especially in the situation we were in, too. So it's it's disappointing, but I'm looking forward to the game this weekend. It should be a very interesting Big Ten matchup. So what do you think, Charlie? Yeah, kind of going back to what you were saying, maybe if Casey, you'd like to think if Casey Thompson was playing in that game, it would have been closer. And I think especially you look at the defense, forced, you know, they got a couple stops there into the first quarter, uh, forced back-to-back punts for Michigan. So kept the game at that point. It was still only seven nothing, and then you keep putting the defense back on the field. You know, it's gonna eventually it's they're gonna get gonna tired. And yeah, it's, yeah, you know. So it's unfortunate and only 146 total yards of offense. Uh, for Nebraska so just another disappointing performance there but going up against the number three team in the country it's kind of like a lot of people expected expect. that so I mean overall just it was I feel like it's unfortunate that Purdy got hurt now are we going to stay in the game possibly not but he was moving the ball downfield and then he got hurt it's like but the first time he's actually looked good this year in my yeah. opinion so and then besides the first drive against Minnesota you know and then Honestly, we couldn't get the round game going. Anthony Grant, 11 carries, only for 22 yards. It's just, yeah. it's whatever. You know, it's a number three team. This is what you expect. It was just overall kind of a pathetic game for both ways, I feel like, even for Michigan. But J.J. McCarthy didn't play well. 
I mean, the only good thing for Michigan was probably Blake Corm at the very beginning. So, how many yards did he have? He had 162 on 28 carries. I'll take it. I was gonna say Anthony Grant wasn't even our leading rusher. It was Purdy, five was, carries yeah. for 39 who, yards. Who got knocked out in the? Let's. I think it was the first half. So yeah. yeah. So on to Wisconsin. A new week. It's gonna be very cold here in Lincoln. It's now that. What's Late. the? I haven't looked at the temperature or what it's supposed to be. On ESPN, at kickoff it says 36. It's not going to be that warm. That's like at the end of the game. I think what they said was it's going to be. We said 11 a.m. It's going to be cold. It's going to be like in the teen, ago. upper teens. I'm assuming. And especially if we're trying to get to the stadium early for this game, it's going to be freezing cold. But that's fine. It's it's that time of it's year. It's that you time gotta, of the year. I mean, Thanksgiving's in a week from now. Christmas is an, in a month from now. It's kind of what we expect. Also, it, a big thing about this, it's senior day this weekend. So we'll see who's going to be walking out. So Say weather wrap says 35 degrees with north high. northwest northwest winds at 10 to 20 miles an hour. Oof. So we will be cold. But anyways, let's get back into the game and enough with the weather. So, Dylan, you have your... You have it pulled up. How about you give your insight on it? Okay, uh, so this is very interesting. This will be Big Ten football. This is the definition. When you think of Big Ten football, this is one of those games. Nebraska-Wisconsin in November. It's it's a, it's a November Big Ten football game. It's going to be relied on good defense, which defense for both sides has been okay. At least in the last few weeks, Nebraska hasn't looked that bad. You look at the stats and it says, well, we're allowing 438 yards a game. This is also including all those games we were allowing 600 yards. But that was with Eric Shenander. The defense hasn't looked that bad ever since we fired Eric Shenander. I mean, they, they've looked overall better. There's some things you can't fix, like tackling. Tackling's really hard to fix. It's one of those things you just... It, it can't really be hard. To, it's, it's, it's really it's hard, hard to teach, teach it. Yeah. So it does help that we're tackling in practice now. A big part of this is also this game, too. Casey Thompson is slate, slated to play. I'm I'm pretty sure he's still listed as day-to-day, but he's been practicing so far all week. He's practicing with the first stringers. And the interesting thing, the second stringer is uh, Jarrett Sinek, uh, a walk-on quarterback. I believe he's a freshman. Uh, he's been taking uh, second-team snaps today at practice. So if he's our backup quarterback, we probably... <laughs> We'll see how good he actually is, but he is a walk-on and he's a soft or he is a freshman, so from Hastings. So we'll see. But I, I'm really interested to see how this game goes. Um, I'll just say my impact players, obviously Casey Thompson being back. The offense is the life of the offense, um, and then uh, for us as well. Honestly, getting the run game is the, probably the most important thing in this game. So Anthony Grant will be a big key to the game if we can get him going. It'll be very it will be very interesting how the game goes and then on the defense I I just it's the obvious ones like Garrett Nelson O'Shawn Mathis Luke Reimer and so we just look out for those guys though I'm sure they'll get pressure and then uh, for I'll give some Wisconsin ones too again like I said with rushing attacks Braylon Allen is gonna play a big roles because you know the last like 10 times we've played Wisconsin their running back runs for over 200 yards key thing from last year too uh braylon allen was an 18 year old or he was a 17 year old he rushed for 200 something yards on us so nebraska doesn't have the greatest luck against wisconsin running backs hopefully that changes this year i really hope i really think nebraska can cover 
13 is a little that's a little too much in my opinion especially for a defensive battle like that I'm sure this is going to be a defensive battle I mean Wisconsin coming in the year they were num- they had one of the bi- the top defenses in the country and now they've really dropped off but there's a lot of things with both of these teams both of these teams are not that good and I think honestly I do believe Nebraska can pull it off if we're going to do it anytime it's going to be this one this game this game means more it's a, it's senior day. We gotta let these seniors go out with a bang for at home for one last time at Memorial. So give me the Huskers in a very close one, 24 to 21. Skurs take it. You know, as Dylan was saying, this is Big Ten football, Wisconsin, Nebraska. I feel like Wisconsin in November is described as Big Ten or Big Ten football because we mentioned last week with Wisconsin playing Iowa like this. That's the matchup for the Big Ten. But it's good that Casey's coming back. If he plays, you know, that's a really big thing to really step it up. Uh, hopefully our receivers can hold on to the ball. I know Trey Palmer, he got targeted 10 times against Michigan. He did not look good at all. You're talking. How about- much of that was dealing with the weather and also the ability of Chuba Purdy and could be. There's variables with that. But I feel like Palmer has been playing very good. I'm not saying he's a key player, but I think he's definitely one on the list. The key things just for Nebraska is like what you're saying, can they stop the run, but also can they contain Graham Burns into forcing him to make bad decisions? I mean, Marcus Buford is what, three picks on the year? Yes, he's leading the team. Yeah, so if we can get Mertz to feel pressure and hopefully we can get the sacks and we can also get the interceptions or just the turnover, win the turnover battle, Nebraska can pull it off. But that's the big thing I just go back to is how's Wisconsin going to execute this run game? Are they going to be more run-heavy against this defense who gives up only 191 rushing yards, but also we limited Chase Brown, we limited Minnesota's running back to Uh, Ibrahim. Ibrahim. We limited him, and we've also kind of limited Blake Corum. Okay, so we go back on that. They did get a decent amount of yards, but you know how long it took those guys to get those yardage? Yeah, say 30 carries for Chase Brown, I'm pretty sure. Blake Horm had 28. Mo Ibrahim had like 30-something. So So it takes them a while to get it. And the big thing is is we limited the big plays. They're only short short yards at amount of time. So if Nebraska can continue to do that, I think they'll be really good for that. Prediction-wise, I don't know. It's going to be tough. I'm just going to go with 21-17. I think Nebraska wins this game. As you were saying, it's senior day. It's going to be really, really close. It's either going to be no points or it's going to be a shootout in my mind, but I don't see a shootout really happening here, especially with the weather playing cold and offenses not looking so good. So give me the Huskers 21-17. So you were talking about Nebraska against some of these running backs that they faced in the, uh, in the year so far. And stat that I just saw, Nebraska 0-6 when allowing teams to run for more than 175 yards. Now, like you guys were just saying, though, how long did it take them, you know, to get that total? Because you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois, yeah. all good running backs. Um, so, and Wisconsin, they really haven't been good on the road this year. Looked pretty bad against Iowa, lost to Michigan State. Uh, I guess they beat Northwestern, who it's has, Northwestern. They, have they still not won since they have not won since they're one and uh, nine. So lost to like who'd they lose to? Like Northwestern so, lost to did they lose to Southern Illinois or something or something like yeah? I think they, it was they lost Illinois. to Duke. They've also lost Southern Illinois, Miami, Ohio. I don't all. know, but they're they haven't won <laughs> since uh, that Ireland game. Yeah, we won't talk about that, but yeah, they haven't looked 
two, I mean, they haven't impressed me much. I haven't watched them a ton, but from what I've seen at least, uh, yet here they are, 5-5. Five and five. Um, We were talking kind of about how last week's game at Iowa for Wisconsin, that was a kind of an opportunity. They were playing Iowa. Purdue was playing Illinois. Two winners of that uh, those games would be in a good spot. They would be tied for – they would be – somewhat in the run all four of them would be in the running for the big 10 championship which all four of them are still well yeah i I don't think wisconsin is now they dropped they're behind minnesota too who's also four and three but to be honest if this was any other weekend i would probably pick wisconsin i haven't picked nebraska in like almost two months they proved me wrong once they proved me wrong against rutgers i picked rutgers in that one because you picked us against you picked us over indiana but after that you had not picked them that's right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Nebraska this weekend. I think last home game they're on a losing streak right now. Uh, finish off, I guess, senior day here. So I think this will be kind of like you, uh, like Dylan was saying, low scoring. Um, but I'll take Nebraska at home in this one on senior day. Say so I just want to clarify real quick. Chase Brown had 32 carries for 149 yards and a touchdown. We bring up Ibrahim. 32 carries, 128 yards, and two touchdowns, but the two touchdowns were like less than 10 yards. Yeah, they all came in within the red zone. So Yeah, and then last week against Michigan, against Heisman candidate, but he had 28 carries for 162 and one touchdown. So we've played decent against these running backs. I mean, Ibrahim had We stop him at first. If we keep the defense off the field, we control the time of the possession. I think Nebraska wins. If you if you stop Braylon Allen and you try to make Graham Mertz win the game, I think you're in a good spot if yeah. you're Nebraska. Because I don't think Graham I know Mertz you is have thoughts with game. Graham Mertz. He hasn't looked that great this year, so no, he's not gonna. If you put everything on him, I think you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. So impact players. Obviously, this is this is going to be like Dylan said, Big Ten football weather. This weather is going to play a big difference. I think. Some impact players, so for Nebraska, I have Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer. For Wisconsin, Braylon Allen and Rammers, they both need to have a big, big game. Some keys to the game, can Nebraska's defense hold the line against Wisconsin's rushing attack? You know, my opinion about Graham Mertz this year hasn't been so positive. He hasn't done so well when he's under pressure. However, I'm going to be the odd one out here and say that Wisconsin is going to beat Nebraska by 7, 17 to 10. Say, so I just want to clarify something here. I know Mark Mark knows about this, okay, so this isn't catching you by surprise. Back in October 3rd when we beat Indiana, Mark was still talking smack about this game weeks ago. What was their record at that point? Indiana? No, no Wisconsin. Wisconsin wasn't good. He said they were going to blow us out. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Here is what Mark had to say about this about this game back then. Wisconsin is going to blow out Nebraska. And the, the, Nebraska's not going to have any fans in Memorial Stadium by the time the second half starts. It won't even be a game anymore. What's your score prediction? Wisconsin 40, Nebraska 7. So he keeps a 7 in there for Nebraska, but he just changed it to 14 instead of 4D. So 17. 17. Oh, 17? My bad. All right. But... You know, it's it's a bold take, but that was also when the team, both teams looked a lot different. Both of these teams are not the same, I, I don't think. I think more than anything, Wisconsin looks the same. Nebraska does not. So, All right, well, this concludes our Nebraska segment. We will now introduce to the new segment, Overachiever and Underachiever.
next segment is overachievers, underachievers. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, overachievers are teams that have overachieved this season, and underachievers are teams that haven't performed so well this season. So my overachiever is Illinois. You know, Illinois is not, you know, I did not expect them to be this good second year under Brett Bielma. Um, underachiever, I'm going to pick Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska was supposed to be really good this year. We were supposed to make a bowl game. That just didn't happen. Anthony, what are your overachiever, underachiever thoughts? Okay, I'm going to leave the biggest one for Charlie. Um, I think we we first told him that he was going to go first, but then we handed off the segment to Mark, so he's going first. My overachiever, I'm going to go with Tulane. I feel like, you know, no one knew what this team was capable of at the beginning of the year. Then all of a sudden, they just start winning games. Then they go inside the top 20 in the college football playoff rankings, but then they lose to UCS, and now they're back out of it. But that team surprised me by storm, I think. Well, they beat K-State. Yeah. that, that was the, the week before K-State beat Oklahoma. The week before K-State became the K-State team we knew now. So I think that that's my biggest overachiever is Tulane, and now they have a chance for a conference title this year. My biggest underachiever, I just got to go with Oklahoma. Uh, knowing what we saw against Week 3 right here in Lincoln, we, I thought they were for sure Big 12 contenders, uh, college football playoff contenders, but that team went down right after they lost to Nebraska like any other team has. So those are my overachiever, Tulane, and underachiever, Oklahoma, Dylan, all right, so my overachiever, I will leave Tennessee for you, Charlie. Uh, I'm gonna do TCU. TCU, I mean, that's the that's another obvious one. They're 10 and 0, number four in the country. No one expected this. New coach, uh, you just you just can't expect it. Max Duggan's having a good year, and no one expected TCU to be this good. And my, I just I didn't even know, I knew they existed, obviously, but they, they just came out of always, nowhere. They've always had good teams. In, in the, the past, past. but then Gary Patterson yep. was a good coach. He was there from 2000 to recently when he got fired. Now he's on Texas. But uh, my underachiever, Texas A&M. <laughs> Let's just be honest, Jimbo. How do you mess this up? You had the number one recruiting class last year. How much of that was them paying the players? Who knows? I'm not going to get into that. But Texas A&M, they have a worse record than Vandy now. Actually, Nebraska has a worse record than Vandy too. But it's not a good look when you had the number one recruiting class. When I'm pretty sure most of those guys, those players are going to be leaving after this year. The transfer portal is going to be nuts. But yeah, I don't know how you can mess that up. I mean, Desmond Howard had them, and again, it's Desmond. Think, it's Desmond Howard. I think he had them winning it all. I he did. That. He had yeah. them beating Michigan in the national championship. So, I mean, they were a contender for the SEC at the beginning of the year. And they're really underachieving at three and seven. So, also, and now Jimbo is on the hot seat. He could be fired. I don't know if he will because he's heavy seen his <laughs> buyout. But, but uh, you're talking Texas A&M. This was the number six team in the country preseason. Number yeah. six. Holy I don't know God. how you messed that up. One of their wins is Arkansas, <laughs> so barely. But I mean, that's a that's an underachiever as well. But I mean, it's just. Crazy how you mess how 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 we can mess that up. Perfect situation. Now you're gonna lose most of those players because they're probably gonna transfer because they don't want to be school like that. So, I was thinking obviously like everyone else, Tennessee. Nobody thought they were gonna be this good. I thought they were gonna be good and maybe surprise some people, but I didn't think they were gonna be at the level where they could uh, compete for an SEC title. And then unfortunately now they're you know not gonna get to play in that game because they lost to the best team in college football. But 
no SEC championship. But they are still in the college football playoff conversation despite the loss, especially I think Oregon losing definitely helps them out. Yeah, especially if TCU does end up, if they do lose one of these last few games, they're in, I think. Yeah, we'll have to see. You we'll know, get into that in a little bit, but yeah, we got got the rankings coming out here uh, pretty pretty soon, I guess now. Uh, but I was, you know, I was thinking, you know, who are some other overachievers? I was just looking, and I we were kind of talking about it too. North Carolina nine and one on the year, pretty impressive right now on a six game winning streak. We'll see where they fall tonight. They were number thirteen um, last time, so looking pretty good. My underachiever though. Uh, I look at the ACC immediately when I think of underachievers because I just don't like that conference. I've never, you know, I think they're always, you know, we're giving Clemson a ton of credit for, you know, going through this. But I don't know. Yeah, NC State, I was thinking, but they're 7-3. and three. I'm going to go with Miami. A uh, lot of hype there on the year right now, 5-5, five and 3-3 five, three and three in the ACC. But last week, I mean... Or not last, not this past week. Before that, they looked awful against Florida State at home. Lost that forty-five to three. Uh, got blown <laughs> out by Duke at home as well, forty-five to twenty-one. I guess that's another overachiever. We forgot to mention that Duke. You can talk about Duke too, but yeah, I mean, lost to Middle Tennessee State earlier in the year. They lost to A and M. Jeez, I mean, they're they're uh, they're having a rough year. A lot of hype there, but. Just a disappointing year for them. I think some people thought, especially in a kind of a, you know, ACC that like I like I've said, I'm not too high on. I don't think a lot of people are. A lot of others are either. So maybe expect them to make some more noise this year in that coastal division. But right now you've got North Carolina, Duke, and Pitt all ahead of them in the standings. So I'll go with Miami as my underachiever. And for my overachiever, kind of like I said, Tennessee, North Carolina, both impressing me this year. All right, so now we'll get into our Heisman frontrunners. According to Robert Griffin III, Blake Corman is the frontrunner. But, Dylan, what are your top four Heisman finalists that are uh, going to be going to New York? Yeah, so contenders, or at least frontrunners, I was getting, I was a little getting worried a little bit last week. You know, both C.J. Stroud and Hennon Hooker, did not have good games against. I mean, to be fair, Hendon Hooker was against the number one, the best football team in college football against Georgia, and he didn't look that good. He actually, Georgia's defense made him look human. He was making unhuman plays, especially against Bama and so a lot of these things. And um, CJ Stroud against Northwestern, to be granted, the weather was awful 50 mile per hour winds, snow and rain, downpours, weird stuff happened in Evanston. It's Chicago. <laughs> You never know. I do think Blake Horam will be a finalist, quote-unquote, but he is not the front-runner, like RG3 says. He will go to New York. And then this is a little a dark horse. Drake May, North Carolina quarterback. He is the definition of the best player best player on the football team. North Carolina, they're 9-1. and one. He is a big reason why. Because have you seen that North Carolina defense? It's terrible. If Drake May was not on that football team, that team would be horrible. They would be probably only one win or two wins at least. He has had a very good year. He he's gone off. So he he would be my fourth. I don't know if he'll make it to New York, New York, but he's my like fourth. I just I just say my four is the the, the quote unquote dark horse. So another one also too. I forgot to mention Caleb Williams, USC quarterback. It's obvious. So, 
All right, uh, you pretty much took my list, except I'm gonna. Well, it's pretty much been. I say, I say, it's been. Yeah, I think it's all of the list. I mean, I predicted early in the year Bo Nix could be it, but now with the loss of Washington, I think he that really took a big hit on him. I don't think he's even now finalist anymore. If anything, he's more of a nominee. We'll see. But there, there is still a chance of like, you know, we'll get into this later. They play Utah this week, and then if they. They will if they win out. Obviously, they'll have to play either USC at the end of the year or maybe even UCLA again. We'll get into that later. But you know, Hendon Hooker, I feel like he's the front runner. Him and CJ Stroud have been back and forth all year long. CJ's just been playing incredible, throwing the ball deep, making um, plays. Yeah, the game against Indiana, fifty-six to fourteen. I forgot how many touchdowns he had, but he had a lot. Yeah. Tennessee also too, sixty-six points on Mizzou. <laughs> And it was say they struggled at first, but then they just pulled away big Second time. Uh, Blake Horm, you also mentioned Drake May as well. You know, I just feel like we're we, everyone's gonna have the same list, but from one to four, I feel like mine is Hennon Hooker, C.J. Stroud, Blake Horm. I'm gonna have a three, and then Drake May at number four. I'll go with Hendon Hooker at number one still. Uh, bad game against Georgia. Not gonna take too much away from him there. And then I'll say C.J. Stroud at two. You know he look he's looked he's looked really good some games some games not as good I think just because Hendon Hooker so far has had um, the tougher schedule I would put him ahead of C J Stroud right now but C J Stroud here gonna have a chance against Michigan potentially the Big Ten championship to maybe go ahead of Hendon Hooker with a couple of good performances there and then I'll put Blake Corum at number three as well. You know, best running back in college football. He's looked great this year. Just kind of tough to see a running back winning the Heisman, even at the, you know, leader in there. And then at number four, I'll, I'll go with Caleb Williams. Uh, really, USC kind of still feels like, besides Caleb Williams, like who... Like who their who their superstars yeah, sort like of say? Where, who, quote, where, quote. where are you looking? Like, I don't know. I mean, he's taking that team uh, right now. They're... They're Jordan still, Addison. Still on the run. Yeah, that's right. They do have... And Travis died, but Dye got injured. He so. got hurt. So, I mean, he's got to be up there, I think. He'll have some more chances, kind of like Anthony was saying, uh, against... He's got big game this week for SC against uh, UCLA, and then if they win that, you go to the Pac-12 championship. So, a couple more chances for him to show everyone what he can do there. Um, but th- those would be my four right now. So my my Heisman front runner is one to four. So at my one I have Drake May. Um, my two is Max Duggan. Um, number three is Hendon Hooker, and I have Blake Cormett number four. Okay, so I'm just cu- list. So I'm just curious. Uh, why do you have Max Duggan at two? On the fly. Just on the fly. On the fly. So, okay. That's fine. All right. I mean that it's all different. I you know I feel like Max Duggan. He's definitely. Uh, He's up there. He's a Heisman nominee. He will be in the top ten, but I don't think he's. That's in, our, in our mind. That's our opinions. You know, we just. I just think he definitely is a top ten in the Heisman race. I just don't think he's in the top four to get to New York. So you never know. Maybe he goes off. Throws for like four hundred yards against Baylor, and then maybe another four hundred against Iowa State. Five hundred against Iowa State, and then they destroy whoever they play in the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, just need about maybe two thousand more yards in the next three games and probably fifteen touchdowns, but it's doable. Yep, it's college football, so never know. All right, this concludes our little Heisman, Heisman, the Heisman front runners kind of segment. 
Now we're going to get into playoffs, right? Yep. Charlie, I'm interested in what your top four are going to be. Well, at the end of the year, yeah, it's tough. I mean, is TCU going to lose? Like, I thought they were going to lose this week um, against Texas. Week, yeah. That was probably, I mean, I thought that'd be their toughest test. I said if they win, they're going to be in a good position. And they that, still have two tough tests, I would say. You would say, so they played Maybe Baylor. actually three if you count the Big 12 championship. I do think their last two games are not easy. Yeah. You gotta get oh, Baylor because we, ta- we were talking too about Iowa State. They always you win never that know. One game. <laughs> and Baylor's that's no, yeah. I mean they could on lose. the road at Baylor too. I, I'm gonna say because I, I, you guys know I do like Tennessee. I want Tennessee to make it. Uh, I think a rematch with, with Georgia would be good. Um, so yeah, we'll say they lose a game there, knocks them down, and then uh, Ohio State, Michigan. The loser of that, loser not in. Of that's out. So I, I'll say uh, I think I'll go with Ohio State in that. Kind of said the entire year. I think they're the better team, and that game is in Columbus too, so that helps. So I'll I'll go with Georgia at one. I don't think they're going to lose, and then Ohio State at number two, uh, and then yeah. So if you have ten, you have Tennessee with one loss. I don't know. Is USC? This is interesting. I haven't thought about this much. Is USC going to ten, Tennessee would then go at three, right? Wouldn't they? Technically, it's because Michigan would drop out. Yeah. So, but Michigan. Or, so, or what if Michigan only loses by like a point, right. a point or three? That's what I was gonna say. So, are you do taking? Do you add two? Two? Do you ha- put in two? Yeah, two Big Ten teams and and two, two SEC teams. That's <laughs> been the cons- not the consensus, but that's what people have been saying. There's a definitely a good chance of that happening this year. Yeah, I mean, and then. Are you? How much are those? You know, the committee factors in the conference championship. Like that's always been, except if you're Alabama and you get to go after not playing that. Like that one year, they went on to win the national championship and prove everybody wrong. After they said Ohio State was robbed. Well, they lost to Georgia, to be fair. So they had uh, that year. They didn't. Oh no, they didn't make it because. Yeah, they had lost to like Auburn. Auburn, I think. Yeah. 2019 Auburn. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's tough to see like. How much are those conference championships potentially for like teams like TCU and USC? Are those gonna, with one loss and you know more, qual- or I mean USC is gonna have quality wins. TCU's got a couple of quality wins. Is that gonna take those two teams and put them over one loss, Tennessee and Michigan? I mean I don't think they're better than Tennessee and Michigan, but we'll see what the committee thinks. Just just based off past years though, I mean. I think you got to say that you know they very easily could, and if TCU loses, maybe if TCU has a bad loss to Iowa State, they're done. Like I think, even yeah. If you, even if you win the Big Twelve championship after that, you still only have one loss, but you have a really bad loss to Iowa State. Would you Would you guys consider Baylor a bad loss? I don't know if there. Baylor has been like mediocre this year, but it is on the road, and Baylor is only two and a half point underdogs. So two and I a mean, half. Yeah, TC is only two and a half point favorites, so it's just, it wouldn't be. I don't think it would be a bad loss. Definitely not as bad as uh, Iowa State. It's just tough. I I don't think they'll lose to Iowa State. That's the thing. Like if they, but lose, you never know. It's probably like I would say TCU has a better chance right now. They've got a much better chance, I would say, to win out than USC does. So I don't. I, it's hard to see USC making it. I feel like they'll probably lose one of their last three. USC will. Um, you might lose this weekend. To UCLA, Notre Dame, or the Pac-12 championship. I feel like they'll lose one of those. So I'm going to say they don't make it. I'll just go Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, TCU 3, Tennessee 4. Okay. So my last four at the end of the year, I'm just looking at this on the fly now. 
So I'm going to say Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, TCU 3, and my fourth, Utah. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I mean, it's definitely possible, especially if they went out and win their conference championship, they could get in because they have some quality wins. Also, not quality losses, but but that's fine. What do you think, Dylan? All right, uh, my top four, the obvious one, Georgia's number one. They're they're the best football team in the country. That defense carries that offense, uh, or d- the team. Stenson Bennett, he's shown that he's a good quarterback. Two, Ohio State. I don't see them losing to Michigan. It could be close. If that's a close game, you never know. You might have to put Michigan in. My three will be TCU. I do think they might have. A, there's a good chance they might lose one of these last three games, including the Big Twelve Championship. If they lose any of those, I don't think they're in. Unless they lose to like Baylor this week, and then make. I think they still get into the Big Twelve championships because they're seven and zero in conference, and the Big Twelve is not that strong this year, yeah, other than TCU. So because nobody, I think they'll get is. they'll get in anyways. And if they win the their Big Twelve championship, they might get in that way. But I do think TCU will make it. And then my four will be Tennessee. I do think I will pick a Tennessee, a, a one last Tennessee over a one last Michigan, or I'll take them over Michigan. I mean, that's my opinion. And then the Pac-12 champion, I don't, I don't think USC will make it. And then I do believe they might lose one of these games. I, if they're gonna lose any of them, I do think they'll probably lose the the Pac-12 championship because it depends who they play. They might play like Oregon. They might play Utah. You never know. If they play Utah, they lost to Utah already this year, and Utah likes to play spoiler. But I do believe uh, Tennessee will get in over any of the one loss. And then I know LSU is up there, but... Well, LSU will have to beat Georgia in the SEC I mean, if they beat Georgia, they're in. But That's going to be crazy because then you got LSU that beat Georgia, Georgia beat Tennessee, Tennessee beat LSU. So, like, where, how do you rank those teams if that happens? Well, you got to think one's got to go, and Ohio State would be number one in that if they situation. Won. Ohio, if they won, if yeah. they beat Michigan, or Michigan could be. One. I mean, you got to put LSU at two, though, right? I, I, I wouldn't put them at two. If they beat Georgia, I, they beat I Georgia. I think Georgia stays in, but I think Georgia's two because that's their only. Georgia would be four. I think Georgia would be four, in and my opinion. Who would be three? It wouldn't be Tennessee. Tennessee would have to go because they lost. Let's yeah, say yeah. let's say ten, TCU See, loses Georgia to says, Iowa State, they're out. Yeah, if TCU loses at any point in the year, they're out. I, I think even if okay. they lose this week to Baylor, they're out because. So then, so then the top four are likely Ohio State, LSU, Tennessee, and Georgia. Or is it Michigan? Depending well, on if, if Ohio State beats Michigan. Well, we were just kind of talking about let's say because Tennessee, I mean, better wins and a better loss, like. I'd take them over Michigan. I just think the Pac-12 is this year is kind of almost better than the SEC in some way. You're no. talking. Are you okay? I'll I'll let you talk. I'm sorry. I mean the SEC. Yes, it is good, but Georgia, Tennessee, LSU. You mean Bama. the Big Ten, right? Or wait, I'm talking Pac-12 versus SEC right now. Who who? Wait, what Pac-12 team? Oh, what Pac-12 team were you talking about? I'm saying half their conference is ranked right now. I'm not saying that it's going to be in the college football playoff. But half their conference will be ranked. I say that Pac-12 is almost better than the SECs in some way. Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about if LSU won no, out. We were talking because about I'm how just that thinking would. SEC teams that are ranked. You got Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Bama, o- Bama, Ole Miss. Miss. That's it, That's right? Right, because Kentucky lost. Kentucky's and lost. They're out. They're a bad team, anyways. You guys yeah. were saying last week that they were good. They're not because they lost to Vanderbilt. So Vandy's a good football team. Vandy's good, but they're rank not. Em. Rank them. Rank them. <laughs> joke but i'm just looking at the sec and it's not that dominant as it has been in years past 
I'm but looking at all the, of those teams that are ranked currently. I know the college football playoff rankings are in. Well, they're not. All, out. all of those SEC teams are in the top 15. That is tr- that's true. But, all of them. But same with the the Pac-12, Pac-12 isn't. Pac-12, they have five in the top 25. Yeah, but you got to think they have the four SEC in the top 15. I know Ole Miss is going to drop. No, yeah, Ole Miss is going to drop maybe out of the top 15. So so are we arguing, like, what team besides, like, why there wouldn't be three SEC teams? I just don't think this year for the well, three I don't SEC think teams, it's, it's well, I don't think it's plausible anymore. So if LSU, let's just say LSU wins out, TCU loses, they're out. Yeah. So how would you, what, what do you think would happen in that case? It depends for me because Ohio State and Michigan, whoever wins that way. They'd probably be one. They could. They will more than likely be one. Yeah. If USC wins out, I'm putting them over Tennessee because I still think Georgia is way better than Tennessee, and they prove that. And with Tennessee also not getting the SEC championship, you got to take that in consideration. Okay. So you. But all right. So let's so, just. So okay. let's say USC wins the Pac-12 with one loss. I'm taking them. Okay. Over a Tennessee team that didn't get in the SEC championship. Yeah, I mean at that point you, they've got quality wins too. You know, you beat UCLA. If they went out wins over UCLA, Notre Dame, and potentially and, Oregon. Oregon or Utah, like. Yeah. No, yeah, that makes that makes sense. I mean, I just think if LSU beats Georgia, Tennessee's the team that's got to go out. Uh, yeah. In my mind. So, but all right. So, just if you take LSU because you haven't given your top four yet. No. You? Just so, do your yeah, top give four. your top okay, four. Okay, so my top four. I think Georgia is number one. I think they're they're going to beat LSU in the SEC championship. I do believe that. I got Ohio State at two because I think they win it. I have Tennessee at three because I think TCU will lose at some point. I don't know for sure. I just have that feeling they lose because I feel like they just get so stinking lucky every single week because they were supposed to play one of the better, better quarterbacks in the in the Big 12 with Quinn Ewers, but he played garbage. He played absolutely trash. And Baylor this week, and I know they it, almost lost. And they almost lost too. If it wasn't for a blown coverage on the thirty-three Johnson. yard touchdown, yeah, it, they would have been tied or going overtime because Texas had opportunities to win. They just couldn't capitalize that because their TCU's defense isn't good enough to hold lead. TCU's defense is garbage. T- yeah, it's their offense coming. It's their offense coming back, and the fact that they can just they can hold on to a win, they just have in their fingers, they almost fumble it but they pick it up right before they can lose it. That's TCU this year, I feel like, because every win has been either from behind or not good experience or just play garbage like Quinn Ewers did last week. Anyways, TCU will lose at some point. So then it goes down, who's Ohio State, Michigan? Ohio State will win, so that's why I have them at two. Tennessee at three, like I said. And depending on how that game goes, I think USC will be four if they win out with a Pac-12 championship or you got Michigan in it as well. I think those are my top four because Oregon was in it for me, but with the loss of Washington, they're obviously out. So, but wouldn't you put? Because you just said like you'd put USC over Tennessee if they went out. So, wouldn't you put them over them at like three here if they? Because at that point, like you said, they'd have more ranked wins. It could be, but I just think with Tennessee sitting at five right now, he that, also had he was talking about how if Georgia lost to LSU, that would just shake up everything. But how would that affect Tennessee and USC? Like, well, it's because I don't think they would take Tennessee. Georgia, right they want to take Georgia out of the top four if they lost. Because that would be that would be their only loss of the year. Yes, it's to a two-loss LSU team. But so you just think the committee would just say we don't want three SEC teams in? So I just, USC. I don't think the three SEC teams like with Bama losing to LSU. It's definitely a bigger deal now. But I don't think the three SEC teams is plausible anymore because you're looking at Ohio State and Michigan, who are ten and zero. You're looking at USC is only nine and one. They only lost by 
think can point on a two point conversion that yeah. you know was a good play. That's that's good only play by that's, Camerizer. Yeah, that's the only consideration I say for USC is that the one loss was on a two point conversion. Like that's nothing to hold back against. Yeah, it was against Utah, who's now a top fifteen team in the country. I don't think you t- disrespect that. Like right now, I like how the AP rankings have LSU above USC because of that win over Bama and the win over well, I guess they're Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah. But they also stumbled against Arkansas, so I feel like USC will probably be above that because they blew out to Colorado. Speaking again, that's Colorado. But I just think right now I have Tennessee above USC because Tennessee's sitting at the five spot and USC's sitting at the seventh spot. I think that's just why I have them above USC. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I just think, like, kind of just like you were saying, though, like Tennessee's playing South Carolina and Vanderbilt, and USC's got, you know, three ranked opponents. So. Yeah, I'd say they got Utah or they got UCLA and then they got Notre Dame next week. Yeah, I mean, so, I think Tennessee would beat USC if they were to play. I think they're the better team, but it's like it just feels like the committee would potentially put if USC wins out. It seems like they would probably they get in. And I know that the Tennessee. committee has been favored for the SEC, but a Pac-12 team hasn't made it in since Washington in 2017. I feel like this is finally the year a Pac-12 team can finally get it in. I mean, if Oregon didn't lose to Washington. Oregon would have been. Oregon would have been at six, or I mean, they would probably still be at six because Tennessee, you know, beat Mizzou, and then TCU would still be at four because they beat Texas. But they would have to rely on a TCU loss, which could happen, you know, because I feel like a TCU loss, then Oregon would get in. So yeah, I just feel too like if the committee. I'm just thinking because if Tennessee goes at three, Tennessee and Michigan. If let's say Michigan loses to Ohio State, it's like kind of a close game. They'd have pretty similar, you know, one loss. Neither went to the conference championship, I feel like they probably wouldn't put Tennessee, then USC, then Michigan. I feel like USC would go above Tennessee with the conference championship because I don't know why you would, what, like, why would you? Make Tennessee it? would be the four. I feel like they probably would because the committee's not going to say, like, like what would put Tennessee above USC? Like, what argument would they have at that point? Because then you got Michigan after USC. It just wouldn't make sense if they mm-hmm. were to rank them like that. I just feel like USC but would probably put them above, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, you know, so. We'll have to see, though. It's going to be interesting. If, if USC wins out, you know, they're in, so. Okay. That was a very interesting conversation and almost got heated a little bit. But, hey, we love that sort of thing. So now we'll try. Not as bad as last week. Now, yeah, say go listen to last week's episode, part two especially. That got really bad. But, anyways, we'll transition now into the college football pick'em. Welcome back to the last take. Uh, so we're going to get into the pick but first, we're going to go over the standings. We have a big shocker. Me and Anthony are tied for first with 61. I have fallen off the past, like, what, four weeks? I've, I've, uh, all you guys Last have been, week, you only had one right. Yeah, that really, that really tough. That, that, that just sucked. So we're tied for first. Mark is now officially in third with 56, and Charlie is in last with 55. That's uh, that's tough. Dun but, dun dun. That's okay. You got you got you still got two weeks. You still weeks you still got here. three weeks, and then if we do bowl games, but we'll see when we get there. Haven't so. strategy hasn't worked out past couple weeks. I've needed to uh, been trying to catch Dylan and Anthony and gone opposite. Picked a couple of maybe teams so, that so I shouldn't have picked. Arkansas, for example, this <laughs> past weekend against LSU, but they almost won. They did almost win. That's true. So. All right, so this week's we're only doing eight. 
or the first one is the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs coming off a ugly but good win over uh, the Longhorns in Austin. They're going on the road to face off against Baylor. Who you got, Mark? So I'm taking TCU. I think TCU can carry the confidence from their win last week um, into a tough road environment this week in Waco against the Baylor Bears. What do you think, Anthony? Uh, I'm going to go on the same train with you. I'm going to go with TCU. Just the undefeated team, Baylor, you know, in my mind, I had them on the underachieving for the overachieving, underachieving segment we did earlier. They were on that list for underachieving, and TCU has played a lot better. Obviously, yeah, you mentioned the win was ugly and not that good, but give credit where credit's due. Give me the Horn Frogs, TCU. Give me TCU. <laughs> I thought about I thought about taking Baylor, but I don't think they'll win. Um, I do think TC is the better team. They can't overlook this game. This could be a trap game. This is definitely a a trap a trap game for a very good TCU football team. But I don't think they'll lose. I wouldn't be surprised if this close. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor wins. But uh, just give me the Horn Frogs. I'm gonna go with TCU as well. Uh, proved me wrong last week. A couple of us actually picked Texas last week, but should. You know, keep him in the top four with another win. And as I was saying earlier, last two games, you win those, you're in a good spot. They go undefeated, they're in. So give me TCU. Okay. Uh, the next one, Big Ten West Showdown, part of the top four that are tied for first currently. Iowa Hawkeyes are going on the road into Minneapolis to take on the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. Who you got? <laughs> Um, I'm taking Minnesota. Um, You know, Iowa had an impressive game against Wisconsin last week. I just don't think their offense can... It's been well documented that Iowa's offense has struggled this season. So give me the Golden Gophers. Who do you have, Anthony? Iowa, their offense has gone gone a lot better than they were before. I mean, all of a sudden, you just see them elevate to the next level after there are threats of how Brian Ferentz should be fired, of how Kurt Ferentz should be fired, how Spencer Petras should be benched. Like, it was just a whole mess for the offense. But then they really picked it up. Caleb Johnson for Iowa's really stepped it up. Uh, he's definitely been the running back Iowa's been looking for all year. However, I, their defense is really good, but can they contain the run? I think so. But I think Minnesota will find a way to pull out with a win and beat the Hawkeyes. I'm going to be different. I hate doing this. Give me the Hawkeyes. They've been playing a lot better this year. It's definitely not easy going on the road into Minneapolis. But I, I just haven't. They just, they just been playing a lot better lately, and I feel like I kind of want them to keep Brian Ferentz because I want to see them. Um, I, I want to see Iowa fans suffer. So give, give me <laughs> Iowa winning this one. It very, very close. I mean, this will be come down to like one point. I, I feel. Like. I say both defenses are pretty. Stats wise, so. are pretty good, and they're pretty like even on, on par with each other. Offenses are not, but that's been pretty much known all year. I I do think Minnesota's the better team, but I do I just like I said my reasoning is I want to see Iowa fans suffer when they have to deal with Brian Ferris for the next twenty years. So, but yeah, so go ahead, Charlie. I'm gonna go with Iowa as well. I think uh, both teams have won three straight, but I, I like Iowa's defense in this one. Um, I think they'll stop the run, play a good game, and that put them at them on a four game winning streak going into the Nebraska game to finish the regular season. Uh, so that'll be interesting, but. Both teams right now uh, kind of on a roll, I guess you could say, even though they're playing, you know. You, you, you can say whatever you want about the competition, but, I mean, I, I look at Iowa's win over Purdue just two weeks ago, 24-3. to I mean, that, that's a good win on the road, uh, too. So 
expect them to go on the road. I'm going to pick them to pick up another good win here this weekend. All right, the next one. The Boise State Broncos are going on the road to take on the Cowboys of Laramie, Wyoming for this Mountain West showdown. Both really good teams, I mean, quote-unquote, for conference play and all that. Yeah, so go ahead, Mark. So I don't, I haven't really, I don't really pay much attention to Boise State or Wyoming. Um, so I'm gonna just go ahead and pick Boise State. Yeah, I'd say we got someone here who knows these teams very, very well, Charlie. But we're looking at Boise State six and zero in the conference, and Wyoming at five and one. Wyoming started at the beginning of the year a very ugly loss to Illinois, and you just look at their schedule here. I mean. Yeah, you've had some good wins. You had against Air Force, which is pretty good. You had another one against New Mexico and Utah State. But you look at the loss against BYU, and then, you know, they were ranked at the time, so you could say it's excusable. But then this loss to San Jose State, but San Jose State's a pretty good team. Then you look at Boise State, on the other hand, and you're looking, okay, you know, Oregon State, pretty good team. You know, they're ranked in the AP rankings right now. And then also a loss to BYU by three points. And lost to UTEP by 17, but UTEP's decent, you know, uh, but you're looking, you know, another Air Force win. Um, It's tough to say because both these teams are actually kind of good looking at it, but I just think overall it's going to come down to defense, and Boise State has better defense, so give me the Boise State. Yeah, I'm going to go on the same, I'm going to go the same way. Give me the Broncos. I do, I think the Boise State defense will play a factor They've only allowed 17 points per game and only allowing 264 yards compared to Wyoming, allowing 23 points per game and over 360 yards a game allowed. Um, I do think the Broncos are probably a better team, but again, I don't know too much about these two teams. I do think it, it might be interesting going to Laramie. Uh, yeah, but just give me the Broncos. I don't think they'll win by more than, uh, I don't think they'll cover 14, but it might be like 10, maybe. Yeah, go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, so I can't just sit here and after all of you guys pick Boise State, I have to go with uh, the Wyoming Cowboys in this one. I think really this will be a similar game. Wyoming, they had a good win against Air Force earlier in the year uh, who started the year uh, week one. They had like over 500 yards of offense or something. Uh, Following week, over 400 yards uh, just running that triple option and Wyoming shut them down defensively. And I think they're going to do the same thing to Boise State. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, but I, I think Wyoming at home is going to find a way to pull this one out. And crazy enough, I, I can't believe they're 7-3. and three. I've watched a lot of their games this year. Struggled to beat a bad CSU team. Shouldn't have been that close. But that game really wins a win. Wins a win. And same thing against Hawaii. Not a good team at all. New Mexico, Utah State. Really, you look at the competition that Wyoming's played. I think that win over Air Force, that definitely impressed me. But other than that, you know, you play teams like Illinois, BYU, San Jose State, lose all those games. So not a whole lot really to argue there on what their resume is looking like this year. Boise State, though, I mean, teams they've good teams they've played, they've lost to as well. Oregon State, BYU, uh, the two, and lost to BYU at home just a couple weeks ago. But they're undefeated in the conference. I think when you look, probably on paper, they're the better team, but I just think, and especially with all of you guys taking Boise State, Wyoming being the home team, I'll go with Wyoming in this one. Okay, next one. This is Bedlam. Oklahoma is hosting the Oklahoma State Cowboys. <laughs> this uh, is not where we thought both of these teams would be at at this point. You just but... said, this is Bedlam, and I was like, wait, what? Wh- not even neither team is ranked like this is <laughs> yeah. not what we're used to seeing yeah so 
Yeah, let's make a quick pick on this one. So go ahead, Mark. Oklahoma. All right, I will. This is interesting. Uh, I do think Oklahoma's the better teams. Oklahoma State's on a downfall, so yeah, give me the Sooners. Uh, I'm gonna go opposite with you guys. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys in this one. You're look, you're looking at a ugly loss to West Virginia against Oklahoma and um, Oklahoma State. Yeah, they they struggle against Iowa State. We'll see if Spencer Sanders plays and. You know what is? Does he have a status or what are they saying? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure what he's I don't up know to what right the now. Injury was yeah, but he he didn't play against Iowa State because he was hurt. Uh, but a good win at least in the losing streak at two. Oklahoma's riding a a two game losing streak, both by three points. And I just think, you know, it does help o- Oklahoma to be at home. But I just think the Cowboys, because they have a win underneath their belt, I mean the streak wise, find a way to pull it out at the end. Yeah. So this game, this is in Norman. Okay, so, yeah, I was just looking. Yeah, I mean, if Spencer Sanders plays, I think that certainly helps Oklahoma State. I guess I'll, I'll go with Oklahoma at home, and if Oklahoma State doesn't have Sanders, I don't know what— He says the status on ESPN says he's active. That's ESPN, though. So does that mean he's, like, practicing this week, or is he— You would have to see from a specific— like they'd probably ask the head coach, yeah, and you know, give a status there. I don't know. I would do status. I say the according to the Pistols firing page, it's an Oklahoma thing. Spencer Sanders says he's playing in Bedlam, no question. So I believe he's more than likely going to play against Oklahoma. All right. Well, that makes it a little more interesting then. Um, yeah, Oklahoma. I can't. I still can't believe they're two and five in the conference. That's just. After we saw him play uh, back in September here, I mean, thought they were a playoff team, but not this year, I guess. Just the last two weeks haven't looked good. I mean, if Spencer Sanders says he's playing, yeah, I guess I'll just flip my pick. I'll go Oklahoma State on the road. All right, next one. USC going on. Actually, no, yes, they are going on the road to the Rose Bowl to take on. The road. Yeah, the road. <laughs> take on UCLA, who's coming off a disappointing loss to Arizona. Uh, who you caught, Mark? Um, so my question is, how will UCLA respond after losing to Arizona? I think they'll respond pretty well. This is a must-win for UCLA. I'm going to pick UCLA. Okay. Uh, give me the Trojans. I don't think UCLA will be able to bounce back. It's not really that hostile environment, <laughs> the Rose Bowl. The, the UCLA fans can't fill fill the stadium up. And I just think USC is much better. And I think UCLA, they're going to go downhill from here. I do think UCLA is a good football team, but they're not, in my opinion, on the level of Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison and that Lincoln Riley USC team. So give me the Trojans over two and a half. So. Yeah, I'm surprised they're only two and a half favorites, but you can see why UCLA 5-2 and two in the conference. And USC should be undefeated, but Utah had to make a two-point conversion to suffer the loss at the end. But both these offense, very, very good, averaging 500 total yards and, and allowing just a little bit under 400. That's a bit risky. But when your offense matches, there's no need to worry. Kind of like have North Carolina, you know, their defense is one of the worst, but their offense is one of the best, so it equals each other out. And they're sitting at 9-1 right now. But USC is a better team that, like Dylan was saying, that hostile crowd's not going to play a factor. There's no hostile crowd. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison connection, it's going to be really, really good. Caleb Williams taking care of the ball, only throwing two picks on the year. That's really helpful. If you listen earlier, you see how high I am on them. So give me USC. USC still not completely sold on them, but they got a chance to kind of next three weeks, as we've said, you know, time to prove it. 
your one test this year, you lost to Utah. Here's another chance. You're playing UCLA. It's not the type of environment that you saw when you went to Utah. So give me USC to kind of a prove-it game against their rivals this week on the road. Yeah. Quotations, <laughs> he goes. Yeah. All right, so this is another big Pac-12 matchup. Utah going on the road into Autzen Stadium, or at Oregon. Obviously taking on Oregon. Uh, Oregon's coming off a tough loss, tough loss to Washington. So who you got, Mark? I got Oregon. Give me the Ducks. Give me Utah. I don't. I. You would think Oregon might bounce back, especially being at home. That does help. But I do think I think Utah. They're in, in my opinion. I've been pretty high on Utah. They've really fought back in this in this season. I mean, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, and Cam Rising is still a very good quarterback. So yeah, give me Utah. I think they'll win this game, and Oregon shoots themselves in the foot and screws their chance to even make the Pac-12 championship. So give me the Utes. Not so fast, my friend. I got to use my, your own phrase to you. I'm going to go with the Oregon it's Ducks. Not my phrase. <laughs> well, it's Lee Corso's, but you use it in this. So I got Oregon. I believe, yeah, their loss to Washington was really kind of bad, but not really. Same time, Washington's still one of the better dynamic offices in the Pac 12. It's just they just couldn't get the job done. In Utah, they've you had the test against USC. They won. They had the UCLA loss. They've had the Florida loss at the beginning of the year, but also Florida was very lucky and quote good at the time but I don't know I just feel like that Oregon offense you know 527 total yards of offense is really good you're talking an equal balance of running the pass you know I just hope Bo Nix can take care of the ball a little bit more I don't have the box score pulled up but let me just pull it up here right now overall they're just pretty good Mike just Michael Penix played a really good game and Cam Risen will play a good game against Oregon but I just gotta trust Oregon especially when they're at home it will definitely help them so give me the Ducks I was just remembering, I don't know why it popped into my head, but last year when these teams, two teams played twice, I just remember Utah dismantling Oregon, but obviously not, not the same thing this year. Utah, they uh, shouldn't have lost to Florida that first, first week of the year. Uh, bad turnover there at the end of the game, and then they lost to UCLA, a team Oregon did beat at home. So I think that's something that you kind of have to consider but I don't know. This is a tough one to pick. I just think Utah, they're that team that just, they, they've proven me wrong a couple times already this season. I, I wasn't high on them last year when they went all the way to the Rose Bowl, that great game they had with Ohio State. I, I am going to pick Utah this week on the road. I think Oregon, la- last week, you'd expect them to bounce back against uh, against Utah this week. But, I mean, Utah is a much tougher opponent than Washington. They're they're a good team, and I'd, I'd like to see a USC-Utah rematch in the Pac-12 championship. I think that'd be a good one for sure. And right now, from what I've seen, I think I've got to say those two teams, it's very close with Oregon too, but I, I think I would say those two teams, from what I've seen, are the two best in the Pac-12 right now. So I'll, I'll go with Utah on the road here. So I guess that's a couple of us picking USC and Utah both on the road this week. So that, that'll be interesting. All four of those teams, though right now uh, in contention still so all right so the next one i only put this on it because of the matchup last year texas goes on the road into lawrence to take on ku another double overtime game maybe who you got so texas had a poor offensive showing last week um in order for texas to win against kansas the team will need more scoring from its offense Kansas enters this game with confidence, and after becoming bowl eligible last week, um, I'm taking Kansas. 
This is tough. Really, really tough. This is actually, I'm really glad I put it on because this is like a very 50-50 game. You never know what's going to happen. You, you might say the FPI says, what, 77% to 23%. That's not fair to KU. KU's a good football team. They've shown it this year. They may have fallen off a little bit from where they were earlier this year being undefeated, but they're still a good football team. And um, I'll give, you know what, I'll give Texas the benefit of the doubt. Give me, give me the Longhorns. It'll be close, very close. But I do think Texas is the better football team. Like overall, just players wise and all that, and I think they can bounce back and get a good, a good victory over a decent KU team. So, I say I thought you were gonna go with Kansas there for a moment. Quinn Ewers did not play well, obviously last week, but I don't think it was technically his fault. I believe you know you had receivers open, and he was a lot of those receivers dropped a lot of passes. That's the big thing; they were dropping passes. I mean, you go back to last week against TCU and. I wish there was a stat of how many drop passes there were because holy cow, like I think he was 0 for 5 or something at the beginning of the game and they couldn't get B. John Robinson going. So that definitely put a lot on Quinn. And with his receivers dropping, they just couldn't get anything done. I mean, Xavier Worthy only had four receptions, but at the same time, he was targeted way more than that. But Kansas, on the other hand, you know, they have fallen off, but with the good win against Oklahoma State, uh, makes them bowl eligible, as Mark was saying. I mean, T- Texas' defense is way better than Kansas. Kansas is literally allowing the same amount as their offense has been giving. And Texas is the better defensive team. So I think with that, I'm going to go with the Longhorns again. I was hoping you were going to go with Kansas. So we would be at least a little bit different. But I just, I believe in Quinn. I think hopefully the receivers can catch the ball for once and eventually pull out with a win. Texas is frustrating me a lot. The last three weeks. Let's see. So they lost to Oklahoma State. I picked them there. And then I thought I picked them against Kansas State, but I didn't. And they, uh, or no, yeah, they they won that game. uh, And I had picked Kansas State. And then this past week I said I was pretty confident that they'd beat TCU and they didn't win there. So last three weeks I've been wrong with Texas. Um, Kansas, last week at Texas Tech, I didn't watch that game, but that's not a great loss. I mean, I can't imagine they looked very good that game, and they've lost four or five. I'll go with Texas in this one. I think they'll bounce back after a t- tough loss at home last week in primetime. Uh, I guess that put them at 7-4 and four on the year. But they're not – are they even in contention still? They, they needed some things to happen. They had a win last week. I so. think because yeah, you have TCU now who – clinches a Big 12 championship and it, it pretty much only comes down to Kansas State and Oklahoma State. I mean, Kansas State's 5 and 2 in the conference and Oklahoma State's 4 and 3. They're both at 7 and 3 right now. I mean, but they both lose. Texas technically would go. Technically K K-State can lose. Oklahoma State could lose. Baylor, Baylor will have could lose. Baylor would have so to Texas lose. could get back in it if they win, and then those. But Texas has to win out. I feel like in order to even they, try they need get a lot, a lot of things to go right. Yeah. So I, yeah. They I do mean, have they if they do tie with K State with their conference record, they do have the the um tiebreaker. Tie so that's true because right now they don't have the tiebreaker with Oklahoma State and Baylor. It looks like behind them mm-hmm. uh, in the standings, so they'll need both both those teams to lose too. But I'll pick them to bounce back this week. Okay, final one. College game day is going to Montana State and Montana uh, FCS showdown. Who you got, Mark? Montana State. This will be a high-scoring game, I think. Okay, it's FCS. I don't know too much. I do not, thi- not a fan of the Big Sky. 
I just don't watch yeah, FCS football that I much. Um, I don't either. I just I've always liked that conference for some reason. It's a very interesting conference. I, from my prior knowledge, yeah. Montana State's nine and one, undefeated in conference play. They're coming off a huge win over Cal Poly, I think. Yeah, seventy-two to twenty-eight. I do think Montana State has looked better. Montana's a good football team too. Their quarterback, he has uh, seventeen hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, five picks. But I'm gonna take Montana State since they're nine and one, and I again I don't know as much. I found this interesting too. Tickets are as low as three hundred forty-four dollars for this game. Holy crap! At Bobcat Stan- Stadium, Montana. So it should be interesting. Yeah, and I was looking. Uh, tickets are available for the Wisconsin Nebraska game. For nineteen, nineteen. Well, I read. I read that Montana State because they announced that game day was there. They said that the students there were on break, like could starting be. this weekend. So they students might not even be there, and tickets are still three. I they'll they'll make it. It's game day, so yeah. I mean, be you got. I, I would stay. I mean, yeah, it's you, obvious. You got Montana State. They're number three in the FCS polls right now. We're also a week away from Thanksgiving. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Montana State, number three in the FCS rankings right now. Montana, you know, sitting at that seven and three record, looking really, at least really good. They had that uh, three loss struggle to Idaho, Sacramento State, and Weber State. Sacramento State's second. Sacramento State's a really good team, and the fact that they lost in overtime is a statement for. They're not losing these games by a lot. No, by seven or three, but. I just think Montana's be- Montana State is the better team. I mean, their only loss of the year was to Oregon State, by which they lost by 40. Gave up 68. Yeah, that's a bit of, bit of a rough. I, it's better than Mon- anyone Montana's play. Say we don't have the stats of their total offense and total defense. So, I mean, just by the scores, it's either really high or really low. But with game day coming here, I think Montana State has the edge and also being just a better team overall. How many- <laughs> Tough situation. <laughs> yeah. I'll go Montana. Uh, Be different. I, I know. Yeah, I know. Just because I, I, I actually do follow this conference a little. It's kind of closer to where I'm from growing up. So I have followed uh, some of these teams in the past, um, but never really a fan of any team, but still follow the conference somewhat. I know a lot of Montana fans, they've been asking for game day to come to this game for a couple years. Fans in Montana have. And it's always been when the game was in Missoula. So a lot of people pretty upset Montana probably their fans too upset that they're going to Bozeman uh, Montana instead for Montana State so I think Montana is going to be fired up I mean both teams will this is a good rivalry but I'll go Montana uh, this is the last regular season game for the FCS season's kind of gone by quick for them I think it's a little shorter and then they get into that playoff format with the bracket so yeah their playoff format's a bit different a than bit different. college football yeah so. I'll, I'll go Montana though this week. Okay. So that was the college football pick and I'll hand it over to Anthony to close us out. All right. So this concludes our episode here this week. Tune in next week as it will be the final week of the regular season in college football. That is Thanksgiving break. So we're going to be at least here in the studio normally. Normally we're here on Wednesdays, but today is Tuesday because of conflict issues. And then also next week with Thanksgiving, we'll be recording another day besides Wednesday. Probably Monday probably monday so that way we can get it out to you guys soon and if you want to listen to it before so this college football season's come to an end we're trying to discuss how, how we're going to do this podcast either we do college do talk about college football or college basketball or just different directions we can go with this so signing off for charlie mark dylan and anthony thank you for listening to the last take and enjoy the rest of your day